Hello everyone, welcome to Wake and Focus, the Scoop podcast where we bring in news, current affairs and analysis. My name is Buffer Sunusi and I will be anchoring the show. Within the past few days, the administration of Ahmed Bola Tenubu celebrated 800 days in office. Joining us to discuss what that really means to Nigerians are Aisha Yusuf Kelta, a legal practitioner joining us from London, and Hajara Mohammed Saini, a social commentator joining us from Abuja. Aisha and Hajira, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. So, so let me start with you. As a Nigerian, uh, how would you rate Tinubu's first 100 days in office? So, honestly, as um, someone who inherited the office of the presidency from a season that was very strenuous, that's the Buhari regime, I'd say you shouldn't, you cannot really expect so much because prior to now, Nigeria was, it was, we were going through a lot as a country, you know, during the Buhari regime, insecurity, even regarding, although the fuel subsidy had not been removed, but there were a series of fuel increments in the process. You know, Buhari's fuel price was not the same all through. So him yeah. coming in and giving executive orders, his policies, removing fuel subsidy and all of that. Yes, they they were good. Wouldn't really say as proactive as I would have loved it to be or other Nigerians. But at the same time, there's so much room for improvement. And okay, so let me just get this. Let, let me just get this from you. I want to know definitively what you feel about it. Is it positive or negative? I'm talking about the subsidy remo- removal. So far, do, do, do you think it's a positive move or a negative move? I think in itself, it's positive, but the way it was carried out is not so positive. <laughs> but look, uh, uh, what I feel is that uh, uh, aside all the economic arguments, all the academic ag- arguments about whether subsidy removal is good or bad, uh, the, uh, the best way to measure the impact of any economic policy, in my opinion, is how the people feel about it and how it affects the people. The people and, are and, not happy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it, it has adversely affected. The thing about the removal is yeah. that a necessary step to be taken. If it was not taken now, it would have let Nigeria into debt. That's just the true, the true fact. So it's something that has have been you. done since, but it's good that it's done now. Among, among other executive is, orders is the palliative that has been that has like a large chunk of what would have been used for fuel subsidy that would have created a yeah. ripple effect of positivity in people's lives that are being distributed to people in a not so sustainable manner. So Hajara, so, why do you think it's the, a good thing? The the my position is that the previous form of subsidy was not sustainable at all. Because of that particular subsidy, Nigeria kept on borrowing and borrowing money. Just last year, Nigeria As- borrowed about one trillion just to finance fuel subsidy and if we keep on imagine if nigeria keep keeps on borrowing one trillion every single year we are already facing so much hardships and in the long run it will not be sustainable so i think it's better that he did it now in the beginning of administration than later so now the the next step is now to ensure that in as much as you have removed fuel subsidy every other thing surrounding that fuel subsidy will ensure that nigerians are comfortable so in terms of minimum wage you increase it 
making sure that there's full food, food, um, food security, making sure that there's no inflation in food prices. Although fuel is something that affects every single commodity in the country, but if you increase minimum wage, Nigerians will not complain so much. It's just for instance now, a security man that is earning about but 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 but, but 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 not to cut you short, not to cut, cut, cut you short, Hajira. Mm. The 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 thing yeah. about increasing min minimum wage is that it it usually yeah. creates a ripple effect. Um, the prices of commodities okay. usually skyrocket after the increment of uh, 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 minimum wage, and uh, the people that are going to benefit, the Nigerians that are going to benefit from oh. the increment of minimum wage are, are very, very significant compared to the general public. You see, my fear is that, uh, and, and this is a genuine fear, I believe, if, if, if Tinubu decides to uh, increase the minimum wage in this moment in time, that is going yeah. to make the economy even worse and it's going to make the lives of ordinary, ordinary Nigerians, especially those who are not uh, salary earners, it's going to make their life even much worse. That is what I feel. Which are the honestly. larger population, Bab? Yes, which are but the then larger But at the end population. of the day, it's weighing, it's weighing the good against the bad. Because, okay, what other alternative do we have apart from... For civil servants? Weighing the good I mean, against the bad? Apart for civil, from... For, for civil, yes. You mean for civil servants? Yes. So, so, so what about the but, larger po 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 population? The you and I, yes, so the we, people that are... Yeah, so the government has to... They have to go back to the drawing board and make sure that each segment of the economy is catered to. Because in as much as in as much as much you want to concentrate on people that are not civil servants, they are also civil servants. So imagine now, for instance, now I may earn 100,000 and I fill my car. You fill your car in a month for 40,000. How much is left for you to feed yourself, to feed your family, to pay school for the end of the day? In this moment in time, so 40,000 will not be You have to go back to joining board and car. provide... <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> what kind of yeah, tax do you have? Because it will, for uh -huh. a month, it will not. It will not. It will it not. not. Forty thousand. Yeah. It's 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 not possible. No, on an on an average. Okay, on an average, that's from. Mm. Office, I really think office, that there 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 are there are there's steps that can be that that can be taken. You know, creating more public transportation and yep. other mm. things to mitigate it. I feel like I don't know this palliative issues inside my head because. <laughs> We could redirect that that fund into creating yes. transport system that Absolutely. will, you know, drastically, drastically mm. positively affect people when yeah. it comes to their day to day lives. Absolutely, you know, creating interstate I, I transport saw... system and yeah. um, intrastate transport systems mm -hmm. as well. So that's that's something that I thought the Lagos government is already the Lagos government is already taking steps towards that. If they recently commissioned the train, oh yes, I did. The, it was yeah, lovely. And I, lots of Nigerians yeah. bombarded that train, but it was it was a nice improvement, to be honest. You know, it, it, it would take imagine, us getting, some getting to use, getting used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so Sokoto State government also commissioned cars for women to aid women. I, I think so, it's so yeah. just stayed moving yeah, style. Yeah. They commission yeah, but, Camrys. <laughs> yes, yes, for women, exclusively for <laughs> women passengers. Maybe we also have to explore um, electric cars. What do you think about that? I Absolutely. Think we first, I agree, but we should first um, power our houses to force people <laughs> start powering cars because. You might wake up one day and not have 
a charged car in yeah, Nigeria. Yeah, yeah, but but what I feel is that we have this uh, CNG, uh, compressive natural, uh, compressed natural gas. Sorry, I I, yeah. I think it's something yeah. that the federal government is also ex exploring uh, to to uh, re replace uh, uh, foil. I don't know, but those are options that are going to come into effect in the long term. But in the short term, people need to move. People need to Absolutely. leave. People need to mm -hmm. survive. So, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and it's really... issue of palliative, mm. in this issue of palliative, I feel like so that the past doesn't repeat itself with the COVID-19 palliative, there needs to be accountability and there needs to be transparency. Because yeah. at the end of the day, they have to be open about how they intend to share all these things. Because at the end of the day, we hear palliative, palliative. At the end of the day, what are they even sharing? <laughs> That's true. Why are they That's sharing true. it to? What's, yeah. the, what's the threshold of those who are entitled to palliative? Is it um, based mm. on how much you earn? Who are those mm. that go um, um, local government, local government distributing these palliatives? So these are things that you have to be um, transparent about. You have to apply to get the palliative. Or do, it, will they just knock on your front door uh, with a pack of Indomie and one bag of rice? Yeah. Uh, is this something that is monthly? Is something has that is everyone, Has anyone ever seen the process of this palliative distribution, like between? Uh, I personally haven't. Well, I've I've I've, I've seen some pictures in uh, uh, KB State, I guess. Uh, there there are pictures going 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 around, and it's uh, one um, bag of rice, uh, one um, can of 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 um, oil, and I then um, is it is it macaroni and um and uh, indomie yes one, one pack of indomie as well uh, but but like hajara said what are the modalities what qualifies you to uh be entitled to these palliatives uh, uh these are some of the things that i think um uh, are going to be very very serious topics as the distribution of palliatives uh, right. effectively uh, start uh, around the country because people feel that uh, the the incumbent administrations, the government, the state governors are just giving these palliatives out to their uh, political loyalists, to their followers at the grassroots and, and no neglecting uh, those people who have not voted for them uh, during the election. Election okay. process. I have a question, please. Um, yes. What is your own opinion on the hundred days in office of the president? Okay, so I would I, I would say my opinion is that uh, well I I look at it from three angles. First of all, I look at it from the security perspective. Uh, security wise, Tenebo administration, for one reason or another, has done um, re re relatively good, uh, especially in the northwest. And uh, in the in the northeast as well, which are places that are uh, known to be very very uh, sensitive as far as security is concerned. So in terms of security, I, I will give it a pass. In terms of the economy, uh, look, looking at like what we've been discussing, the the removal of oil subsidy and how it impacts the people, and uh, uh, I I think um, personally uh, that is a big big f as far as i'm concerned because i because it, uh, uh, people are not feeling the effect of the policies uh, positively well maybe in the next year or so that, that may change but for now i think yeah. um, it is it, it 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 is a big f as as far as i'm concerned then I, 
Go okay. for it. You think that is too harsh? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, just I, it's I, just hundred days in office. It's just hundred days. I know that. And, and, and yeah, but I know that. Yeah. I know that Nigerians are tired, and we want sharp, sharp action. If I may use that word, and based on our past experiences and past economic reality that is not even possible it's just like having a deep cut and you just cover it with plaster it has to heal gradually so it's not like you just come and um you just come and perform magic in 100 days i mean i i don't i don't think as much as we like sharp sharp as you put it i don't think that's the case nigeria's um expectation to regarding any any candidate that would have gotten into that office was that they would have done something about it because Nigerians were pressed. They were pressed when they were um, voting in the president. So the expectation was that when the president comes in, he's going to mend those issues that were pressing to Nigerians. And um, we we received the first blow with the subsidy, literally. (laughs) It was like, okay, this is it. And And then it kind of we had to relax into it even though it wasn't really a relaxing process and gradually you know they were yes security wise we're we're doing better than we used to do we used to be but 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 economically which which is really strenuous you know especially feeding of people and transportation people commuting to their place of work and um, school and everything that has been that has been a a really hard one for nigerians so i would have thought that his executive orders would focus on those areas to mitigate the hardship but unfortunately we're still here however i'm i'm always hopeful renewed hope as as we say (laughs) um so i i think i think good things are about to happen even though at this point it's it's it is what it is (laughs) someone someone said it has to get worse before it gets better so we are just hoping this is our final stage of bad situations in this country before it eventually gets better hopefully by 2025 the story will be different um, Aisha, what do you think about his appointments so far? So the appointments have been underwhelming. If you have been following this podcast, I'm sure you would have heard some of our um, inputs about his appointments. We've not seen any ministry working just yet. I mean, in action. So yes. I will not be quick to judge. But mm. um, people had really high expectations regarding the appointment. Um, so, Yeah. Some some were well deserved. I I I I was excited mm. to see some appointments, and some I was a bit confused because I wasn't particularly <laughs> sure how this individual is going to help this ministry. But um, we're keeping an open mind here to see, you know, how I think it the goes. Perfect, the perfect word for that was actually confusing. A lot of the um, appointees were didn't fit particular ministry they were assigned to based yes. on their experience and their um, academic background. Yeah, their portfolio is not fitting. Yes, I was kind of hoping to um, appoint more technocrats than um, politicians, but his cabinet alone has about eight past governors. And the thing about appointing past governors is that we have a precedent to see whether they can work or not. And unfortunately, we cannot say much about that. Hajara, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yes, this was a lovely, insightful conversation. Thank you very much for having me. Well, 
that's all we have uh, for today. You can follow us on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram handles at Scoop. You can also follow us at www.thescoop.com to get the latest news. Goodbye.